It's the headlines segment here on Metro FM Talk, and tonight uh, we, uh, yeah, I guess uh, taking a look at uh, that press conference that came through earlier on uh, from Nyamagaiishi, Sandile Lezungu, who signaled his intention uh, to run uh, for the uh, provincial chairperson role in the African National Congress. Now, you might be asking, why is this um, significant? And, and maybe it isn't significant, but I guess it's newsworthy because um, certainly to my mind, I do know Sandy Lezungwe has been historically a supporter of the African National Congress. He's made that very, very explicit and clear. Um, and I think many at some stage associated him with the, the uh, Jacob Zuma uh, grouping and so on. Um, but I never would have thought at any stage that he would... Um, I guess, uh, you know, put himself front and center in the running um, to come in and uh, lead the African National Congress in Guazulu Natal. And at the time, even of the regional conference of the ANC, Neteguini, uh, he was quite tight-lipped insofar as his support for Zandile Kumete was concerned and whether or not that was part of his own political ambitions. Well, it seems the cat is now out of the bag. And before we start there, I want to maybe go to a message uh, shared by um, yeah a gentleman here coming all the way from Plet, uh, Africa Sebezo, which I found very interesting in response to the same issue. And he says, something is fundamentally wrong here. There's a death of ANC traditions and ways. Power no longer with the branches. People don't rise through the ranks anymore. Anyone with a bigger bag can pull up and contest. On the other hand, people who came late into politics are busy contesting for positions left, right and center. Abazikwalo NDR, let alone volunteering for the movement without expecting anything. Things are different in the movement now. The movement is static, not moving, standing still. But I'm sure Sandy Lezungu is a good chap. I've got nothing against him. Was just saying, okay, sure, thanks, bye. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. but uh, uh, And also a lot to unpack in uh, the announcement that was made earlier on today. And to help us do this, Professor Pegim Gomezulu joins me now on the line, political analyst. Professor Gomezulu, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, good evening to you, my brother, and good evening to your listeners. Thank you very much. I mean, I, I think Africa Sebezo's comment, they're rather scathing in his own criticism. And I think, you know, go check out there on Facebook. A lot of other people would have engaged him on that. But um, I think a lot of people have sat up and listened and tried to make sense of this, largely because uh, Sandy Lezungu, known to many as a business person, known to many as the owner of Amazulu Football Club, um, and not necessarily, I guess, um, known as a political animal uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, unless we're missing something here. You know what, my brother, let me start off with uh, uh, what you just read before uh, you came to me. Sure. There is, something, uh, there, there is something worthwhile from what you just read. One of those uh, comments is that uh, basically branches are gradually, if not drastically, losing their power. Because they give um, a delegate a mandate, go and vote for so-and-so, but then once the delegates arrive at the conference venue, mm. things take a different direction. And money changes hands, uh, which is a point, by the way, that uh, even Zoom has mentioned, that uh, uh, when, uh, if he gets appointed or he gets elected into this position, he's going to fight that because he's concerned that uh, this is exactly what is happening, which is true, by the way. Now, well, what do I make of uh, the decision by Zoom? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm puzzled, honestly. 
Uh, not because he, he, he doesn't deserve to be the leader of uh, the ANC in Natal, but because of the turn of events. You might recall that uh, earlier on, he had indicated that he's ready to challenge the incumbent, uh, Premier Sikhez Galala. Mm. And there was nothing wrong with that. In fact, I'm one of the people who applauded him at the time, because I was saying that uh, uh, in times like this, you need someone who doesn't have the political baggage like all other politicians who've sure. been in the fray for quite too long. And then in this case, he'll be coming from the business sector, and then we'd expect that maybe he'll do things differently. And at the time, I applauded him. But then it disappointed me because he pulled out. And then only now, he is resurfacing, and then he's making the good noises, by the way, because he says that if elected, he's going to, to try and um, uh, push for the uh, amendment of the ANC's constitution in terms of uh, uh, elections, because the majority of the people are left out, only delegates go there to decide who is going to be the leader, and even those delegates don't take a mandate from their people, they just take their own decisions. The other important point is that if elected, is going to push for the reindustrialization of Kwazulu Natal as a mechanism to try and create jobs. So you can tell there that, that uh, this is someone who is business minded. So he comes into politics with that business mind, which might help the organization. But mm. the fact that uh, one minute is in, next minute is out, then that makes me a bit skeptical. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I think two things here that I want us to quickly separate and maybe unpack singularly. I think the first one is this issue you raise about the role of branches in the determination of who gets to lead and by extension in the determination of what the policy priorities are, which is an issue of internal democracy. But there's then the other element of uh, money, which we can't run away from. I mean, if this was a random somebody from, you know, uh, a Chesterville or something like that, uh, you know, who I guess had been... In another sphere of industry, say Uvelematexini or something like that, um, do you think we'd be having a different discussion? Let's maybe start off with the money issue and we'll come back to the internal democracy story. No, the money issue, uh, my brother, is a curse uh, to the country and is a curse to the continent. Uh, I happened to uh, monitor elections in one of the countries I will not mention. Uh, those who were vying for positions would go there carrying bags, mm. literally carrying bags, what we normally call in, in my area in Guavuma, or Konzekaya. And then in Nigeria, they call that Ghana must go. In other places, they call them different names. But the reality of the matter is money has become a curse because you find that a, a person who has nothing to show, has no content, will emerge victorious for as long as that person has money. And then this is very discouraging because the branches uh, normally are supposed to be the kingmakers in a way because they are the ones uh, who scrutinize the candidates uh, once they've been nominated and then they give their delegates a mandate, go and vote for X. But then when the delegates go there and then once they receive money, then they change and they vote for something for somebody else. Mm. And we have no way of verifying that. We'll only see the outcome and say, but nine out of ten branches voted for X. How come that X um, then uh, came second and then Y won the day? So that becomes a problem. But unfortunately, this is the reality we are faced with. Whether we are talking about local government election mm. or we are talking about party election, regional consensus, provincial is the same story. Money is exchanging hands and then wrong people get elected into positions. When our country is derailing, then we get shocked, like our president normally says. 
And then the reality of the matter is the reason why we are where we are is partly because of money exchanging hands mm. and wrong people being elected into positions of power. Prof, hold the line there for me for a second. We're going to take a quick spot break. When we come back, I want us to unpack that issue of the money in the electoral politics of the ANC. And then, of course, this question you were raising, which I think is a bit bigger, of intern, of the functioning of internal democracy and what this episode shows us. But also, I think, you know, if um, as many people are saying, uh, the issue is about renewal. By implication, that would mean that there are new voices and new actors. And I don't know if new is the word. Um, because it implies that, right? I mean, to renew also implies that it's not only out with the old uh, practices and values and whatever. It's also about maybe out with old people as well. We're going to talk about that after this. Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's the headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. Join to take a look at uh, the latest insofar as businessman and owner of Amazulu Football Club, Sandile Zungu. official announcement earlier on today that is contesting for the position of chairperson of the African National Congress in Guazulu Natal. Speaking tonight to Professor Pegim Gomez-Zulu to make sense of this. Prof, I guess before we went to the break, you were talking about people carrying bags, excuse me, and the role of money in the internal politics of, of the African National Congress. And I want us maybe to just unpack briefly the other dimension of what you were mentioning, where branches, uh, which are seen by many as the primary unit of the organization, give a particular line of march insofar as leadership preferences and policy priorities are concerned. And that, as you suggest, ostensibly could be subverted by money, subverted by the machinations at higher levels, um, inconvenings such as that we, we will see over the weekend out in Guazulu Natal. Talk to me about that and the implications of that and whether or not, um, if indeed we see that as a big issue, um, should the perspective that some have shared of one person, one vote, be entertained. I mean, we've heard many veterans of the ANC saying, look, every single member right up to the level of the branch should have at least one vote in who ultimately leads them at a sub-region, region, provincial, and even at a national level. Indeed, my brother. Yes, uh, a couple of days ago, one of the SACP leaders made that point and, uh, in Houghton, and then uh, he was told that uh, it's, a, it's a point worth discussing, but the platform is not the correct one. He must wait until the policy conference, uh, which I'm told is uh, happening between 27th and the 31st of this month, and then hopefully by then uh, we'll know what is happening. But that is something I, I also would, uh, in fact, support, uh, simply because uh, in that case we'll find that uh, the person who images victorious will be the person who has the larger uh, support, or the largest support, so to speak. Because at the moment, uh, if, for example, we take uh, a province like KwaZulu-Natal, we know that KwaZulu-Natal is the biggest province of the ANC, and Etewini is the biggest region of the ANC nationally. Uh, even at the time, uh, in 2019, for example, when um, Pumalanga uh, replaced uh, the Eastern Cape, but KwaZulu-Natal still retained position one in terms of the membership. So Whenever you have an election in Guazulu-Natal, it doesn't matter whether it's a local government election or a national election. What normally happens is that everyone who is vying for a position at a national level will have vested interest in what is happening uh, in Guazulu-Natal. Now, your question is about the branch politics. Under normal circumstances, uh, branches are supposed to be 
uh, the initiators of the entire process by virtue of the fact that uh, they are the ones who deliberate uh, on the names that uh, are, are likely to be inserted um, uh, 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 for election and then they go ahead and then they nominate those individuals then during election time they indicate to their delegates who their preferred candidate is so under normal circumstances branches then are supposed to be the most important segment in the entire and the entire structure of an any organization uh, the ANC included but lately this is no longer happening because you will find that uh, uh, there is a big um, branch general meet- meeting that is uh, happening in a particular area and then you find that uh, two or three individuals are basically determining the fate uh, of certain individuals because they've been uh, in a way uh, promised something by the powers that be and they've been given money or they've been promised money that go and sway voters in that particular branch so that the so and so emerges victorious. So you find that people who went to that branch meeting uh, with an idea as to who should be uh, the leader, they will leave that meeting with someone totally different simply because there is influence not necessarily from the branch but from somewhere else. So which means that even these branch meetings meetings are no longer branch meetings. They are basically uh, micromanaged from somewhere mm. by those who are vying for higher positions. That is a serious concern. The implication, I guess, on uh, succession dynamics in Guazul Natal and the broader ANC, I mean, uh, Guazul Natal is not inconsequential to the calculus um, or the electoral calculus in the national organization. Uh, just your thoughts on that? Um, because I don't know. I mean, it does seem now that there are effectively three front runners for, for this role. The incumbent, Sishas Galala, um, and then you have, you know, Nomusatube uh, Mube, and then, of course, now Sandile Zungo. You know what, my brother? If elections were going to happen the way elections used to happen before, I will be in a position to tell you what's going to happen. Mm. But right now, it's very difficult because, uh, uh, because of the reasons I've just stated. And then to make things even worse, uh, just a few days ago, uh, you might have heard that Nomsa uh, Tubenyobe uh, was visited by the Hawks. Mm. And then the question then becomes, what is the issue? Because at the moment you don't know. What is the issue? What are the issues? And who initiated the process? And for what reason? And then why now, on the eve of an election? So those are some of the questions that, we are, that, that some of us are picking with, are wrestling with. Because then, if, for example, you consider the politics of Kwanzaa Natal, where the RT faction is, is the strongest, as I, as I said earlier on, because of the 11 um, regions, nine of them in fact were won by the RT faction, that tells you something. So now, if, hypothetically speaking, Nomsa uh, Tubengube enjoys the support of the RT section, and then I am vying for the position. Uh, what would prevent me from manufacturing cases against her so that I discredit her? Come the election time, then she is uh, uh, in fact uh, uh, affected by the, st- the amended step aside rule, uh, which um, uh, Paul Mashatile just told provinces that they must follow to the letter. So those are some of the challenges. So Dubengube, in fact, is, is one of the uh, important contenders. The, the incumbent, Sikhez Galala, is a leader in his own right, and he has done certain things well for the province, but one thing that uh, works against him is that when uh, the issue of the former president started, he was nowhere to be seen. 
The mm. lady called when he, when he appeared for the first time in, P, in Peter Marisbeck, and the masses booed him because they said, where were you all along? And right now, I'm not too sure where he stands because he's trying to uh, find a balancing, uh, to play a balancing game. On the one hand, is this side. On the other hand, is that side. So that itself uh, then might discredit him. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's out of the race. He's one of the contenders, and he has all what it takes to take the position. But then in the broader scheme of things, then obviously anything is possible mm. right now. But whoever wins, ordinarily, whoever wins, they are all members of the NC. Sure. Under normal circumstances, it shouldn't matter who wins mm. because they're implementing the same policies. Which is the same issue I've raised uh, when, uh, when the current president talked about the nine lost years. I don't know where he got that from. And then mm. he, he talked about the new deal. I said, if you come, you come from the same political party, you can't talk about nine lost years when you're part of the establishment. Yeah, you can't yeah. talk about the new dawn when we'll be implementing the same policies. So I think with that, we can then bring it to Wazumunatal and then arrive at a conclusion that ordinarily it shouldn't matter who wins uh, in, in, in the election in Wazumunatal. Well, well, that would be the ideal, Prof. If, if indeed it, there was a semblance of some, you know, uh, batting on the same wicket insofar as policy questions are concerned, then it would be inconsequential who ends up winning in the pageantry of electoral politics. Uh, But I think, uh, you know, the ideal is certainly far from the reality. And I want us to come back to a point I was making earlier, which is, you know, if indeed we take what the African National Congress is saying about its own renewal um, at the ideal, as you suggest, then, of course, that ideal also implies that if indeed the renewal, I mean, just the word renewal itself, implies that there are, particularly new voices, there are new, you know, values, new perspectives that ideally would be brought in by people who maybe were outside of the mainstream of uh, the internal politics of the ANC, even if they were supporters or even, I guess, card-carrying members uh, for, for that matter. What's your view on that? Because many people are saying that maybe this is what is needed. Maybe this is the kind of new brooms that are needed. And even the, the sort of nomenclature and the naming of Sandile Zungu's campaign kind of speaks to that kind of sentiment? Uh, you know what, my brother, I like your question because it, it takes me back to the point I made earlier on when I was saying that uh, the moment uh, Sandy Rezungu indicated that uh, he would like to run against the incumbent, uh, uh, I applauded him at the time. And the reason why I applauded him is because we, in him I could see something slightly different from what we already know. Because then we'll be having someone uh, who does have political understanding, but does not have political package, and is uh, also glued up on the economic aspect of things. Because one of the reasons why we are facing so many problems is that some of our leaders, in fact, are clueless on how to create jobs. So you need someone who, who, who is going to come up with practical solutions to our current problems. So with Sunday Zoom, then I would see uh, uh, some renewal of some sort, even though it, it wouldn't be totally different, given that he would be coming from the same political organization. But his mindset would be slightly different from those uh, who have been in the system for too long and therefore cannot come up with something new. That is why then when the president talked about uh, the renewal agenda, uh, I, 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 I could not agree with him because I was saying, if you are saying you are going to renew the party, where were you when things went wrong? Which is then uh, something you are coming to correct, basically. Because if you were part of the problems that happened, then 
have you resurrected to come and then correct those problems? And can you do that individually? Because I was saying at the time, my understanding of the history of the ANC is that the ANC operates as a collective. So if the party doesn't do well, you don't uh, go to the podium and say, so-and-so is wrong, that is why the party did not do well. Mm. You own up, you say, we did not do well, let's go back to the drone board and do things differently. Because the blame game is what has killed the ANC. Because I, I, I project myself as better than you, and then if you are given a platform, you say you are better than me, and then uh, the us and them goes on and on and on, and then in the process, the party is bringing, support is bringing, even if people don't vote for other political parties, but they decide not to vote uh, for the ANC, and then uh, we talk about voter apathy, mm. and then we are shocked when that happens, as if we don't know how we arrived at this point. Yeah, your expectations, Prof, just as we wrap up for this weekend, are we set to see the same that we've seen? I mean, um, I, I couldn't help but notice the South African Communist Party over the last few days or so gloating about how efficiently they ran their 15th National Congress as opposed to some of the provincial congresses we've seen in, the, in their alliance partner, the ANC. What are we to expect? I mean, there were a lot of delays leading up to this conference. Um, due to a lot of procedural and process-related issues. Will this conference itself, just like the what, what we saw in the Eastern Cape, what we saw in Gauteng, also be tripped up by uh, procedural concerns, complaints, grievances, and, of course, uh, I guess the vexing matter of credentials? Uh, I'm glad you're asking that question, my brother, because this, this is the fifth interview in fact, I'm doing since 3 o'clock. And uh, in the last two, I made a point, the, the same point you're making. I was saying that, uh, you see, when it comes to this conference in Guadalupe Natal, the stakes are high. Mm. And not only people in Guadalupe Natal have vested interest in what is, is, is happening, what is going to happen, and what is going to be the outcome of, the, of that particular conference. There are a number of people nationally who have eyes glued on, the, on that particular conference. For that reason alone, then it means that... Uh, Everything should be done to make sure that uh, all the glitches are attended to. The first thing that is going to cause problems, you might have heard that the NCU clique and some regions are saying that uh, at that conference they are going to challenge the step-aside role. Mm. And then if that doesn't happen, already have a problem. But even before the conference starts, the issue of accreditation will be critical. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, uh, I'm, I'm suspected of wrongdoing, and therefore uh, the step-aside um, 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 rule is supposed to kick in. And then I'm seen attending the conference because my branch has nominated me, either out of defiance or out of ignorance, but they've nominated me, so mm-hmm. I'm there. And then the first thing that is going to happen will be to check, first of all, if uh, the province has uh, indeed reached the 70% threshold, because that is the constitutional imperative, the constitution of the ANC. Once you tick that box, then you look at the delegates. Are all the delegates who are here people who are supposed to be here? And then that is where I foresee some problems. Mm. So the issue of accreditation, in my view, is going to delay uh, the conference, unless, of course, they did uh, the, the background work to make sure that all the delegates who go there are pre-screened mm. before they go there. If they didn't do that, we'll see a repeat of what happened in the Eastern Cape, as you've just noted, and then, of course, what happened uh, uh, in Houghton, uh, where they couldn't even conclude uh, the business of the day they to mm. uh, schedule another time to, to, to conclude whatever matters uh, that were left unattended to. Professor Mgomezul, Zandlas Lulikand. 
Thank you very much. Professor Mgomezulu, the political analyst, uh, Professor Peggy Mgomezulu, speaking to us here on the Mighty Metro.